and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. Good morning, St. Louis. Where's Tim? There it is. Where in the world is Tim? There it is. Oh, they're going to be so pissed, Doug. They're going to be there pissed. There it is. Oh. I was ready to leave. That's not Tim. Oh, well, go ahead, Jackson. Jackson will kill it, but where's Tim? Everyone's got their, their thoughts out. All right. Okay. You're listening to the Ryan Kelly morning after. That's right. Mungin asked, 7 o'clock hour. Uh, Tim Tim McKernan right now is ill. We hope oh. he feels better soon. He uh, texted me this morning that he's ill and will not make it in. So it'll be the big four. Douglas Elvin Vaughn, Ken Iggy Strode, the Plowhawk. I'm Action Jackson. This is a Ryan Kelly morning after. Mungin asked, 7 o'clock hour. Get involved. You know, a lot to talk about. Uh, you can get involved on the Engineer Design Facilities text inbox. You can call in on the Steve Schmidt Key of North County phone line. That number is 636-904-TMA. If you want to text in, the number is 304-881-TMA5. And, of course, you can watch on our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube slash TMASTL. We're live right now. We're looking naughty, looking super is naughty. Is Tim there? No, he's not here. Tim is not here. Yeah. So get your text in now. No. Where's Tim? Not listening. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it a thousand times. It's funny. It's but fun. we love it's it every time. We love it every time, right. though, It gets though. funnier, which is the fun thing about it. But regardless, a little Sadie Hawkins to kick us oh. off this morning, Doug. A, a Monday Sadie Hawkins. Okay. Your well, what are the choices, please? You got the Tigers and their loss to Kentucky. Yeah. You have the extension of head coach Eli Drinkwitz. Right you on cue. Yeah, you have. Right on cue to lose a horribly played game against a team that played even worse than you did and still somehow beat you. I have a feeling I know what you're going to pick. Uh, the Astros win the World Series. Cardinals sure off their coaching staff, right? And that well, was Matt sure. Holliday is the new bench coach, as reported by Ken Iggy Strode yesterday morning. You that was that? beautiful, though. You went sports take. Well, I got the release. So. It wasn't even a take. Yeah. <laughs> just three words or four words. There was no hashtag STL cards. It was just... Yeah, I, just, I just said, hey, be back. Did you break into programming with that? I, mean, I just tweeted it out. I'm not breaking any news. I got a release from the Cardinals, and I just put it on Twitter. I, I looked at that, and I, I, be, I beat some some of the rights holders, though. So. You uh, did. You did. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were first. Uh, then we have uh, the Blues taking on the Boston Bruins. Believe, is this the first time they're going to be back in Boston since Game 7 of the 2019 Stanley Cup? Well, they're there last year, weren't they? I don't know. Well, it's going to be a different I don't result, know. I think. Well, I expect they've been there since. I'm sure they play them every year. It makes me feel better well, that not, we're not sure. <laughs> they don't get a home and home every year with all the teams from the Eastern Conference. Don't they? I think they play them at least once, but it's not always a home. I thought they always played them twice. Text in if you know if you know when the last time the Blues played. When have we played in Boston? There's there's no way to know at this point. There's no resource we can go to to look that up. And then of course uh, the local the local hoops clubs tip it up tonight. Missouri taking on Southern Indiana. SLU takes on. Somebody. Southern Indiana. It'll be a rugged bunch that they face. (laughs) SLU takes on somebody. I don't know if the Illini are playing. Of course, my focus is on one. They play Murray State. That's right. They play the Racers. I didn't know that. That's a legitimate team. That is. Oh, yeah. That's a real team. So uh, we got that. Uh, And, of course, coming up on the captain's lock today, we'll have the Colonel Gabe DeArmond to talk. We'll have all our Mizzou questions at uh, at 9 o'clock presented by James Carlton and the design air heating and cooling email today. All right, Doug, pick your uh, pick your dancer. By the way, I, before, Doug, before number 23 Illinois does face off Big Till Eastern Illinois Panthers. Oh. 8 oh. p.m. tip. 
EIU. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tony look, Romo. They look good Saturday. Sean Payton. Uh, Jimmy John, the founder of Jimmy John's. My Jimmy aunt, G. My uncle. All proud Panthers. All right, Doug, who's, your, they, dan- who's your dance partner? I guess it's Joey Logano winning the NASCAR title. Right. <laughs> Second time I, I left it off. I left it off the docket, and that's on me. You guys don't watch? I, I saw the end. Oh. Second time he's won. Chris Nagel has uh, got one round left to try and get some Corn Ferry Tour starts. There is he? Shaking off his defeat against us. He's got, uh, I think he's sitting in 13th place. It's a bounce back number. Uh, Has to get into the top 10 to get eight more Corn Ferry Tour starts. If he wins the tournament, obviously he's exempt for the whole year at the Corn Ferry. But top 10 gets eight more starts. He's already got four, so that would be 12 starts he would get on the Corn Ferry Tour. So it's a big day for Chris. I've been following Nagel Tracker yeah. all weekend. Yep, love Nagel Tracker. So we didn't just hey, crush Doug, his spirit. I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, when we win the Open, we please free dot him? Oh, for heaven's sakes. There he is. What up, Nagel? That wasn't on the um, Sadie Hawkins. I just thought I'd throw that out there for people that are following Chris. Hey, listen. Neither was Illinois playing Eastern Illinois, but Doug, we brought it out there. Doug is, mm-hmm. the, is, the, is the boy here. He's selecting... Or he's, I, I'm sorry, he's the he's the princess, and he's selecting his prince. So He selected Joey Logano. Let's break it down. <laughs> he drove he fast, well, he drove hard. He did a real ass. fine job. Beat Jeff Gordon. And his team, Jeff his whole Gordon. team. I'd like to thank everybody involved with Logano Racing. Jeff Gordon. Jimmy Johnson. I think Jeff Gordon is an analyst and was on the call. Well, so. The 24 car. Yeah. He, he, was, he raced as number 24. Uh, DuPont. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so believe about he beat Big Daddy Don Garlitz to the finish line <laughs> to capture his second NASCAR title. Had that Penzoyo to... Uh, you've been <laughs> sitting on that take for a minute now. <laughs> Drove in well, I, I, I guess Mizzou is the there lead. Is. There it is. I guess. That's the big biggest story. Yeah. Matt Holiday's kind of big, but not as big as Mizzou. Right. Yeah. It's easier to break down the Tiger game than it is right. what Matt Holiday's going to do as a bench coach. The Tigers lose to the Kentucky Wildcats in uh, heartbreaking fashion. Um, you know, about two and a half minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Kentucky is getting ready to punt. The snap flies over the head of the punter. Yeah, absolutely did. Uh, The punter runs, you know, about as long as Plowsy did in his mile run to get Mm -hmm. to the ball, picks it up, takes one step to the right and attempts to punt it. He, of course, was tackled. Was that Chad Bailey who uh, came in on the tackle? It was one of those Army Tiger defenders. Uh, Yeah, I think it was Chad Bailey. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. but uh, He did punt it. He got the punt off, and uh, flags come flying, and a roughing the kicker is called. <laughs> Kentucky gets the first down. Mizzou gets the ball back with about two seconds left. They try a super lateral play, of course. It does not work. And the Tigers lose again in heartbreaking fashion. Your thoughts, Doug? I guess the one thing you, you want is that rule changed to where if a punter's running around after a loose ball and just goes to the punting motion that you can't, you can't tackle him, you can't hit him then, it seems like you should be able to. Like, if the snap is not clean, the punter's fair game. Well, if you look at it, it's it's not exactly the same thing. They protect the punter because, you know, when your foot's in the air and you can't protect yourself, that's destroyed. what they try, that's what they try yeah. to do. Yeah. That's why there's roughing the, the well, kicker. I understand that. Well, it's the same with the quarterback. They try to they try to protect the quarterback, but once he gets out and starts running— if you can hit him. He becomes a ball yeah. carrier. So, so yeah. I don't know why this guy can run 40 yards backwards, grab the ball, and all of a sudden now is the is the guy going after him supposed to stop? Okay. Right. Go, go ahead and punt. Go and ahead. Was, I'm not going to touch you. And that's what Drink was saying. We have the audio of Drink, uh, and I'd like to hear that because I think it gives a 
good look into it. Here's what well, Eli sure Drinkwitz said about the roughing the catch. Hit the lever post. The explanation that I was given was that the ball was stamped over his head and that the ball was still in the tackle box and that he was still a protected punter um, when he picked up the ball. So how a guy can still be a protected punter 50 yards down the field <laughs> and how our guy is supposed to know that he can't tackle him is beyond me. Um, but I'm sure I'll get an explanation, and I'm sure it'll defend them, and we'll go from there. It doesn't change the fact that we were two for 13 on third downs. But, uh, you know, I, I don't get that, but um, it is what it is. I mean, they're rewarded for a, a, a huge mistake. You know, the kid, the, the young man was able to kick the ball, at least give us the ball at the 30, but they snapped the ball over the head and they reward him with the first down. I mean, just – And you, you got to keep that long sigh. There was a long, there was a long, yeah, a long, long sigh. The punter not only got tackled, he got hit so hard <laughs> they needed a cart to drag his carcass off the field. It looked like his right leg Look, that bent was over the Ill. guy. That was. I, I really do feel bad for him, and he's the hero of the game. I mean, Ill. if he doesn't get that kickoff, there, uh, Mizzou has the ball at the one with two minutes left. Apparently, if he, make, if he makes any attempt to look like he's running, then he's fair game. Right, and that's what I just don't get is. It goes over your head, so you're still, I guess, you're still inside the hash marks. So, does the, ta- I, I can't believe that the tackle box extends all the way up, or down, I should say, from the line of scrimmage down the field. Because at that point, if you're a quarterback and it's third down and you're about to get sacked, you just run backwards, try to kick it. If they touch you, is that roughing the kicker? Where, where does the line stop? You know, if we're, I understand protecting the punter, but how do you teach a player when the ball is miss snapped and goes over their head how am i supposed to def- how is a defender supposed to defend that he becomes a ball carrier at that i point. guarantee you that's never been brought up in practice ever no but by, by any team be. ever like how how could anyone ever and then he steps outside of the hash mark to kick the ball i think a lot of people were saying well he's still inside the hash mark kicks he stepped outside the hash mark when he kicked it that was the word oh, i was a terrible officiated game so mizzou has and fans have every right to be pit. I mean, those were right. terrible calls. And drinks right. They were two of, two for thirteen. That's that, that was going to be my point next. You're not like, going to win many games like that. Yeah, drink. Luckily for him, like brought it back to earth. I mean, Missouri played terrible. Yeah, they yeah. should. I mean, that that should be Missouri should have had a chance to win that game. I, I, I that was a terrible call. But Kentucky played worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was almost <clears throat> like watching that Vanderbilt game to where like. Who, who's going to mess Who up the Who wants least? to win it? And yeah. it seemed like no one. And, and it reminded me so much of that game. I know we talk about that play, and that was, you know, they'd had the ball in the 30. People think, oh, we'd had it on the one yard. No, he kicked the ball. He got yeah, the ball Yeah, he ended off. up getting the punt off. So you had it on the 30, and they probably wouldn't have scored anyway. Um, <laughs> That's true. But, they were terrible. Yeah, they looked but, terrible. But the, the play that I don't understand is the fumble that they called a fumble, and then they went to the replay— and if anything, the ball was moving as he hit the ground and then the ball came out. You can't overturn that. I mean, if you would have called it uh, down by contact and you see the ball moving a little bit, probably not enough to overturn it. But it was called a fumble. And then they looked at it and you could see the ball was moving. But they said, after further review, he had the ball, the ground caught. No, it didn't. You can't overturn that. You would have had the ball and then they end up scoring on the next uh, two plays later. So... Uh, just some bad calls. I'm so tired way. of these zebras. It was yeah. bad. Affi- it, it was a horribly officiated right. game. And how, about, how about the the play where one Mizzou guy 
goes to the Kentucky sideline, they all get in a fight, like one Mizzou guy <laughs> against all the Kentucky team, and the Mizzou guy gets the penalty. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, what well, got? The only penalty goes to Mizzou. you got to have offsetting penalties there. And you I don't care. Think. You can pick a number. You can pick a walk-on that doesn't even have pads on. you got you got to pick a number, and it's got to be offsetting, so no one gains an advantage. It's just a little scuffle. They hate each other. Brady Cook experiment has to like is Sam Horn a real person? Yeah, is he still like AI and you're trying to like get some kinks? He wears number twenty one. It's a little weird, dude. After you fumble that ball on a pump fake, to me, you're done. Your mm. your quarterback career is almost over at that point when you do that. Cause that that was beyond like what I can comprehend. He okay. pump faked it and dropped yeah. it, and easily could have gotten it like. Dude, Sam Horn has got to play. But if you're drink At this which, point, you're, des- you're not going to make a bowl. If you're drink which, you're desperate for a win, and you still think that Cook gives you a better chance than somebody who's hadn't taken Who, a snap. What? What? In, what? The indicator there? What? What have you? What? I guess what is he seeing that goes? Probably he can something make a game-winning drive because he, he cannot. He's probably seen something in practice that tells him Sam Horn is not ready. Right. Oh wow! Playing against the second-team defense, man. Well, dude, I think stud. I think there's something to. I, but Brady Cook's mobility, I believe, is what it put him over the top to get the starting job. And you saw, I mean, the touchdown run he had uh, in the fourth quarter was really good. I mean, it was a nice spin movie put on, got to the end zone. Uh, a play a lot of fans are, are looking at is not challenging the first down spot Kentucky got when Chris Rodriguez was about a yard and a half short of the yard to gain or the line to gain. Uh, that's not to say they wouldn't get it on fourth and one or fourth and inches, whatever it would be, but that was certainly odd. Uh, but yeah, I mean Brady Cook, it, it 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 might not be like the prettiest thing. He's had some bad performances. I'm not gonna. I mean, but that, he was bad against Kentucky. But at this point in the season, I believe that they need wins, and I think that they think that Brady Cook is the best quarterback they have to get wins. Doug, did you watch the whole game? Okay, because this is no. like a key series. Remember that guy that was 15 yards around nobody. And all Brady was rolling the, the opposite way. I think he was rolling left. And just, I mean, this dude was wide open. First down plus probably 15 or 20 yards of yeah. running. And, he, and he, he misses him. Like, he's literally wide open. There's no defender in Brady's face. There's no defender near. It's a high school type mm-hmm. throw to where the guy is running to the sidelines. Just throw it to him. He'll go up the sidelines. He can't hit him. He just he, he doesn't have. The, he doesn't have the accuracy. He's Dominic, got everything else. He's right. got size. He's a good runner. He's yep. a tough guy. He just doesn't have the accuracy. Your best receiver, love it. Like looked like he was just about to explode on some of those throws. He did. He there just, was a couple of them. He's like he put his head in. Like God, can't this guy throw a ball? He literally just did one of these and just walked off the <laughs> field. That, that that shows me like there's no confidence. Outside of Drinkwins has confidence in Brady Cook. That's it. Like the, I don't think the players have. A hell of a lot of confidence on the outside that he, they're going to get an accurate ball. Well, their punter won the game for him. Our punter pretty much lost the game for us. Stonehouse. Stonehouse dropped a ball, and instead of just he had plenty of time to kick it, <laughs> I'm just going to take off and run. I love that. <laughs> just you had plenty of time to kick. You had more time to kick it than their guy did. Yeah. Let's head to the engineer design facilities text inbox. Oh, uh, fellas, it's almost like Missouri sucks. It's from Nate in Tallahassee. Uh, Mr. Licks joined the conversation. No one better bitch about the roughing the kicker. It was roughing the kicker. Get over it. Even if they get it back, Mizzou isn't scoring. Cry me a river. That's Mr. Licks. Well, the, the more likely play that, you're, that you'll see is if the punter like drops the snap and then picks it up and kicks it again. And just that amount of time often will allow the defense to come up and get a good rush on him. <clears throat> but I suppose even if that happens, if you drop the snap and pick it up and punt it and you get hit, 
that's roughing the punter too. Yeah. Right. I, I, it's a weird rule. It's definitely not the spirit of the rule. Even if the rule was called correctly, if everything was called correctly, that the spirit of the rule is not to protect a punter 50 yards down the field after a missed snap. That's not how the rule yeah. should be called. And I think if the I mean, it's a tough play because, A, you can't challenge it. Yeah, there's nothing Mizzou can do on their end. And, B, like, the kicker is down there with half a leg. I mean, what you, as a ref, you're in a tough spot, too. It has to be a reactionary call. And it, it, it's tough for the refs, but it's really tough for Mizzou because similar to the Auburn game, it's like, what what happened? Like, the ball gets missnapped. I'm watching the game. I'm going, all right, here we go. Like, they're either going to score, they're going to pick it up and score right now, or they're going to get the ball at the one-yard line. The guy kicks it. I'm like, all right, ball at the 40-ish. Instead, Kentucky gets a first down, and it's like, oh, my God. I think you could tell nobody knew the rule because right, if, if the punter knew the rule, he'd have kicked it out of the end zone for a safety. And right. if and, uh, whoever it was that tried to block it. Um, Will Norris. We got a couple times. Yeah. Will Norris. I mean, he tried to tackle him. He could very easily just went for the ball and tried to block the kick, but he tried to tackle him. And because, you know, if I tackle him and he doesn't get the punt off, he could very easily just put his hand up there and block the thing. I think the officials and the people that make the rules would probably tell you to see what happened to that punter when he got hit is exactly why the rule is in place. Right. Because he got, he got leveled and he got lit. badly injured he because he was in a yeah. in a position kicking the ball where he couldn't protect himself and somebody just laid him out. Yep. So that's why the rule is there. Yeah. Well, we got a text from Long Balls here, and I, this is the natural next topic. Can we get uh, some takes on the Drinkwitz extension? Two-year extension for Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, I figured the Plowhawk would have plenty of takes. I I was so I was playing golf on Saturday morning, uh, and it was the hawk was up, Doug. <laughs> oh my oh God, yeah, dude. it was like Bad playing. Day to play. It was like playing in Scotland, but yeah. uh, I, I toughed the conditions. So I was watching the game. I was figuring the first time Mizzou messed up, I would see a, a fan page post from Plowsy saying good extension or something like that. I mean, I was active, <laughs> but I think everybody was in shock. And granted, this is college football. These buyouts now, like. The, Nobody finishes a contract as a coach, so yeah, it, it's really to. just yeah. window dressing. If you want to make a change, make a change. I just think it's weird. I, I thought there was no place in this season that you have confidence going forward in this guy. Not saying he's going to get fired at the end of the year, but giving him an extension, there must have been some recruits or current players that there must have been rumblings of transferring, leaving, like they, they wanted – security for their head right. coach, and I think that may I have guess. been the only way. No, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, it's not a coincidence that he signed it the day after Baker signed his. I mean, I'm pretty sure Baker said, I'll sign the extension if Drink is one. That could be the case. To me, it seems like kind of to what Plowsy's saying is like they just want security for recruits because recruits clearly like whatever Drink is selling. I mean, he brought in a really solid class last year. He's looking to bring in another solid class this year. Clearly, to me, it just seems like they just want to put some more security on that for recruits. Um, and like we said, like you know, just because someone signs an extension doesn't mean they're going to be there the entire time. If anything, the bio just got a little more expensive, but we don't even know that. So, to for that me, to be the it's case, a less, it's a not it's a less of a story than it probably seems yeah. to be. I mean, because players, I mean, kids can go to the portal whenever they want. I don't think they even care if the coach has got. To, well, he's only got two years left. I'm here for four. They I think I'm with Iggy. Too, More so yeah. for 17 and 18-year-olds, not necessarily for players. Yeah, who but are all yeah, that I, for that to be the case, then these 17 or 18-year-olds had to go to the 
you know, the curators or the boosters and said, hey, we're not coming if you don't sign them. I mean, that didn't happen. It could just be not coming from a recruiting coordinator, you know, because they have contact with right. these guys all the time. It could also just be a case of Mizzou incompetence. Because <laughs> we've certainly seen plenty of that in, in basketball and football. They don't know what they're doing. They just rewarded a coach who's below 500 I, and gives you almost no hope at all of competing against the big boys in your conference. So why wouldn't you lock him down? And I'm not saying Josh Heifel would have taken any position at Mizzou. When he, I, so I don't like to bring up former coaches at Missouri to their having success. I brought up a scenario on the fan page, got killed for it, which I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that I'll let you know. Just I got grilled for part, it. You know. Yeah. But I posted on the fan page and got killed. For what me. happens maybe on this offseason, but Blake Baker puts up another top 10 defense next offseason. And now you have teams coming in, yeah. throwing five-year contracts at Blake Baker. Do, do, does Mizzou look at that and go, okay, well, you can go. We're going to keep Drinkowitz. Like, I, to me, I, Blake Baker is absolutely loved by the like all the players. And it seems like the fans love him way more than they love Drinkowitz. And I think the extension is weird because you're going to choose Eli over Blake Baker, and to me, Blake Baker is kind of that second, that you know, that next wave of really young defensive style head coaches. I mean, you see Kirby Smart and what he's done with Georgia, and I, I just think if you miss out and lose this guy and hold on to the fascination that Drinkwitz and this offensive guru. And then you look three or four years later, Blake Baker just taking like a program like Nebraska, yeah. like Promise. And then you're left with this foe. Eli Drinkwitz is a fraud, bro. He is not an offensive guru. It's just not happening. Well, here's the one thing I thought. And before I say this, I want to make sure I want to make sure this is still the rule. But you're allowed two personal foul penalties before you get kicked out of a game, right? In college. Right. So if you get like a yeah. You get one personal foul. So, okay, that's his first. Right. If you get, like, a unsportsmanlike conduct, you got one more. Yeah, and here's what I was thinking. Um, when they had two penalties on Kentucky, both 15-yard penalties, um, and they and one was on right for a personal foul, uh-huh. and the other one was, I don't know what it was, holding or something. It was a 15-yard penalty. They declined the one on right and take the 15-yard. Why don't you take the one on right? Because if he gets one more, he's out of the game. And he may play differently because I already got one personal foul. I, I can't play hard because if I get another one, I'm out of the game. It maybe changes the way their best player plays. Why not accept that one and not the other one? It made no sense to me. I think if, but I think regardless of if they accept the penalty or not, it's the penalty, the personal foul counts still. No. So it's not? No, it was, they didn't say anything about that's his first one because they declined the penalty. So there's no penalty. I, I, okay. I, I'm not sure. That's, uh, I, I, like I said, I just I thought of that like, because like, isn't it a no brainer you take that one? If they're now both he has 15 one. yarders. Yeah. Uh, text here from Kevin's brother, Jack Demoff. And I think this is a pretty you know, good representation. Sorry to repeat my text from earlier, but the, to say that they can't compete isn't true. Mizzou has lost four SEC games by a combined 18 points. There are no moral victories, but it is somehow encouraging. And that's true. I mean, every single SEC game they've been in. Now, they got Tennessee next week. We'll see if that We'll gets, see how in that game they are. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that, even though with Tennessee coming off of uh, – Disheartening loss between the hedges, but I, you know, Neyland Stadium is a whole different ball game. Yeah, break here or there, they've got one loss. Right. I mean, you, you know, they, they uh, or they have another loss at Vanderbilt. On yeah. Top of Do they, they need an offensive coordinator? I hope to God that Drinkwick can see that and get a somebody who can call plays. Like, stick to recruiting, stick to the raw raw stuff, stick to the post game, pre game talking points. But like when it comes to the game, like. 
uh, you just got to have somebody calling the plays. And I realize Brady and he, Cook and he's is open not to great, that. but he said, I mean, Drink has said that he's open next year to somebody taking over play calling. And I think, I think that that's encouraging. That. I think that's yeah. you know, that shows growth, if anything else. Um, again, a lot of text. Uh, it isn't a personal foul that gets you kicked out. It's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, mm. and you only get two. So it seems like the only time that you and well, targeting a, is automatic. Yeah, I think they get called personal, for target. Isn't a personal foul, and what's the difference? I mean, if you hit a guy out of bounds, that's a personal foul. And what's the other? What's the mis? Unsportsmanlike conduct. I believe you get two of those. Then you're out. I don't know what the difference in the two are. They're both. Like personal foul probably involves hitting someone else. Like roughing, the, pa- roughing probably... the passer doesn't give you no. One you more don't have a count on. Yeah, no. but that's a personal foul, yeah. right? So I think unsportsmanlike is if you you taunt somebody. Right. That's worse than a personal foul if you hit a guy in the head. Well, targeting no, is an automatic. Okay. No, I'm talking about if you go after the quarterback or something, you try to hit him and you hit him in the head. That's a personal right. foul. Well, it's taunting not... and unsportsmanlike conduct are two different penalties. But a taunting would be an unsportsmanlike conduct. You should be able to taunt uh, everybody. We need a zebra in <laughs> You should here. be able to. Unsportsmanlike conduct, taunting. That's like Give me the XFL when it came to that. Just refs, call, refs call in. <laughs> yeah, I guess that it could escalate things pretty quickly. Yeah, all refs. Yeah, I don't understand how unsportsmanlike conduct would be better. I mean, I think, I think taking your helmet off is an unsportsmanlike conduct. Yes. So why is that worse than a personal foul where you, you know, if you... Rough a quarterback or something, not not targeting, but roughing the yeah, quarterback is a personal should, foul. Shouldn't be right, but that's that's not as bad as an unsportsmanlike conduct. Right, like I said, refs call in. Yeah, refs call in. So uh, can Missouri beat Arkansas? There, I mean, I know they lost the Liberty. Is there know. a scenario that that? If, I think if it's well, it will be for a bowl game. So, I mean, Kentucky played a horrendous game, really bad. They, they had a know. penalty every other every other call. Yeah, they were, and they still came away with with the W. I mean, they were not good. I couldn't. I watched it happen. I, I couldn't watch it anymore. I drove all the way to Winsfield to swap out a sweater with John Vaughn. Oh my God! <laughs> we bought him a sweater for Christmas, too small. We got him another one that was the right size. I I chose to do that than to stay and watch the third quarter for Christmas. I couldn't watch it anymore. Christmas presents this year? No, his birthday present. Oh, he just had I was a birthday. Say you took that a little, is took so, a while dude, that. dude. So he did. That's hilarious. Forty-five minute drive, so I didn't have to watch the. Well, it's his sweater. Why didn't he saw come the to end you? of it. Well, because I didn't want to watch any more of the Mizzou Kentucky. <laughs> you'd rather you, drive. It's an excuse. You'd rather right. drive to Wentzville than to watch the Mizzou game. Yeah, after the first half, that, that was my decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, M-I-Z. It, there's no other way to put it. That was really horrible college football. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah, and you can football. blame and bash. And I remember the Barry Odom era. Trust me. And like I realized, the defense was just getting chalked up for like 40 a game. But also, that was an entertaining football to watch. Drew Locke was throwing bombs. You, you just had yeah. a good offense. Right. And to me, com- like, when you try to compare the Drink and Odom era, which are very similar in terms of SEC record, you know, home road win, like their, av- their win-loss record is very similar. But, like, the fans, you can't possibly compare the two. And I, I want to understand what was so bad with Barry Odom and what is so good with Drink. Because in year three of Barry Odom, he's getting canned, but he, they were putting up 25, 28 a game, and they were losing just as many SEC games. I, I, I just I don't understand why Barry Odom was so bad and Drinkwitz and getting extension because it's a carbon copy. You know, their defense is good, their offense is bad. And Odom, their offense was good, their defense was bad. What, 
Why? All I can think what, of is what, a personality what was, difference. I guess yeah. Odom didn't have much of a personality, and, and Drinkwitz can turn on the charm and make people like him. I mean, I, that's people all I could... right now are blaming this season more so on Barry Odom than Eli Drinkwitz in a Who's lot of areas that? because this is look at what Eli inherited. We're acting like there was one-star walk-ons at every possible position when he came here. It was not great. Eli has gotten up to defense and gotten a lot of transfers as well, which was something that, you know, the Barry Odom era, you didn't have that automatic transfer. And it's been three years now. I mean, it's been three years. If you want to still talk about what he inherited three years ago, then, like, I think there's just a small sect that is delusional to Barry Odom and Eli. They're the same. It's the same. Well, recruiting is massively different. But the recruiting on Drinkwitz has been. I, I know the numbers are one thing. If the recruiting's been so good, where are the players? <laughs> thank you, thank where you. Are where, they? where are they? Are are if you recruit eighth graders three years ago? I get it; they're not on the roster. But you're talking about guys who are on this roster, like the the running back. He was a four star. He hasn't touched the field. Sam Horn, the saving grace of this entire university, can't touch the field. Uh, if Sam Horn is this good, but he can't beat out Brady Cook, who is that bad, then what what I mean, do we? Something I mean, Dominic Lovett has been tremendous, top, top of the SEC. That's tremendous. a drink, that's a drink recruit. Makai Miller is going to be a, a really good receiver. It's a drink recruit. Burden. I mean, he's gotten some good players. It's just you know, I, I maybe I'm being naive, but I think that the difference between Odom and Drink it's one there's a lot. The ceiling is a is a lot higher with Drinkwitz than I, ever I don't know. I mean, he he uh, recruited Burden, and what has he done with Burden? How have they coached him up so that where he's the, the type of player we thought he was going to be? He's just another guy out there. He's right one year now, away from 18, being— he's, you know, he's 18 or 19 years old. Wait, he's one more he... year away from being a fifth-round, sixth-round pick. I mean, no, almost I, I oblivious. Know, two almost, years, two years. I know, but I'm saying if he has another year like this, his sophomore year, right. I mean, if he could have to go for 2,000 in a junior year if he wants to get drafted that year in the top. I mean, it, If this was his junior year, he wouldn't get drafted. He wouldn't. He'd be a he'd be a free agent yeah. on a practice squad. Imagine that. The best wide receiver. So, I don't know. Number one, the play calling is just atrocious. <laughs> yeah, that. That's and he doesn't have a quarterback then getting the ball deep. So I mean, but that, at a certain point, that's on drink. If, if you if if getting a quarterback in year like three. Well, yeah. Right. That's that's on drink. Yeah. So it's you know there's two things going against him. It's not that uh, he's bad. It's that the, there's nobody to get him the ball and the play calling is pretty much the same every time. All right, do you just go out there about two yards? We're going to throw it to you, and then have nine guys swarm yeah. you. Well, five <laughs> yard outs on third and eight. We're going to throw four yard pass <laughs> yeah, or run. We're going to run. Our, our big play is hike it to the quarterback and let him run right. up the middle. <laughs> it was a sick crowd, though. Like I will get like on the positive note, like the fan base has seemed to come out to games a lot more than years past. At least on TV, it looks to be almost full, as opposed to a lot of empty seats in the Odom era. So I guess that's a comparison too that. Can't yeah, big, go overlooked is highest uh, uh, attendance of the drink arrow was Kentucky on a cold and wind, windy yeah, day. Bad day to be sitting out there. The yeah. well, how Midwest. big was the crowd? Sixty-one. Yep. I want to say. Really? 61. Where'd that come from? A lot of people <laughs> from Kentucky driving up. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't know. We'll have Gabe on at nine o'clock. He was there. He can tell us all about it. Get involved in the engineer design facilities text inbox. Uh, call in on the Steve McKee of North County phone lines, uh, and then of course this. Programs brought to you by uh, our title sponsor, the great Ryan Kelly. Doug, can you tell us about? Well, the Ryan thing he Kelly? can do, he can get you in a house even during these <laughs> difficult conditions. You've heard me talk about Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. He has a loan program now called the Zero Dollar Down Loan, where you can buy a home with zero dollars down, nothing. 
Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, has a $0 down home loan that is changing the game and is making home ownership more accessible than ever before. The $0 down program that Ryan Kelly has, no income limits. It is not just for first-time home buyers. And if you have less than perfect credit, that's not a problem either. And the home loan expert's 10-day closing guarantee, your loan will be closed in 10 days or you'll get $1,000. Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, has that 10-day closing guarantee, so not only Will you not have to put any money down? You'll be in your new home faster than ever. If you need more information about the $0 down loan, visit thehomeloanexpert.com. The Home Loan Expert will work closely with you to understand your unique financial situation to get the loan that is right for you, and they will go through the entire process with you. Their goal is to exceed your expectations the very first time. Buying a house doesn't have to be difficult. Let Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, and his team show you how easy the process can be. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. Thank you, Sir Mortgage. I'm Ryan Kelly and Doug, what about Bertarelli Cullery? That chop, chop, cheeky. Well, they got the chop, chop, cheeky girls, but what they do is sharpen (laughs) your knives, and after you you get your knives home or your cleavers or whatever, and you'll be singing chop, chop, cheeky, chop, chop, cheeky because you've gone to Bertarelli. That's what they do. Holiday season fast approaching. We all know that getting a gift for that special somebody isn't always easy. If you or anyone you know is looking for that gift that's maybe a cut above the rest, let me suggest you go check out the fine folks at Bertarelli Cutlery. It's a locally Family-owned and operated business, been on the hill since 1974. So support local and swing on down to the hill and go see our friends at Bertarelli. They have an awesome showroom with a variety of kitchen tools and gadgets, mixers, and of course some world-class knives. They got those Wustoff knives, and of course they will sharpen your knives at Bertarelli just in time for Thanksgiving. Slice your turkey up like a pro with your freshly sharpened tools, courtesy of Bertarelli. Don't settle for a gift card or the same lame sweater this holiday season that I got, John Vaughn. Don't get him a sweater. Get them some <laughs> knives. Go to a cut above the chase at Bertarelli, located at 1927 Marconi Avenue on the hill, and you can call them. I'll give the phone number now. 314-664-4005 or visit them online at BertarelliCo.com. Bertarelli, Bertarelli Cutlery. Bertarelli Cutlery. That's exactly boy, right. Can, I'd like to hear about the uh, the fine folks over at uh, Centric. Patrick Neal at Centric. Centric cybersecurity is the most exciting career in technology and one of the most in demand. Centric can train you for a career in cybersecurity and they can do it in just four months. Centric's hands on program teaches you the actual job skills you need to get started. No history, no biology, just technology, and that's how they do it in just four months, even if you have no IT experience. And you can do it online, you can do it in person, you can do it in the evenings, you can do it during the day, whichever works best for you. If you're interested in a career in cybersecurity, call Patrick Nealon at Centric Training today, and he'll walk you through Centric's cutting-edge program and show you everything Centric does to help get you started in your new IT career. Call 314-450-4714 or... Go to centric.com slash STL. That's C-E-N-T-R-I-Q dot com slash STL. Cybersecurity is a problem for every business in St. Louis. You can be part of the solution. Now, that was Tim. Where is Tim? <laughs> yeah, we've trust me, I've seen plenty of texts on oh. that, uh, including this one. Let's not ignore the elephant in the room that is named I-L-L. That's from the Veiled Prophet. Yeah, I left Oh, yeah, they got their their souls taken by old Sparty. Yeah. Mm. I knew that. I, you know, you love to think that this is going to be, a, you know, take Michigan out and right. meet Ohio State and Indy. I, <laughs> I wanted it to happen. Still, I, I'm blown away by the season, so... You know, these losses are going to happen. You're probably going to beat Purdue and Northwestern, probably get killed by Michigan, still win 8, 9. Yeah, uh, I mean, still I mean, a great season. But yeah, Beal but turned it completely around. This is first or second year? Second. Beal my second year. Second year. Amazing how you can do that in just two years. 
Yeah. I don't I don't really know how to explain it doesn't take five years but Illinois what he's done like to play in the Big Ten West yeah it, it is true this I can't deny that the schedule is you know it's just it's a lighter. different style it's of lighter. football as well than what right. you see in the SEC different. certainly yeah and there's and there is some teams that are usually very dominant in that conference down this year well, the, the last three weeks we've seen some really horrible SEC football too between Vanderbilt South Carolina and Kentucky I don't know what you saw out of Vanderbilt that you didn't think was exciting. <laughs> none, God, that, none of the three of them looked very good to me. That was one of the first football games I, I actually thought no one wanted to win. Like, literally, even the coaches were like, yeah. let's just lose this. It was just a boring <laughs> weekend of football all around. I mean, other than the Alabama game, which is very exciting. Um, Tennessee, Georgia wasn't all that. Yeah, that yeah, ruined I mean, it's it just, for me. I mean, I think 13 teams in the top 25 lost. Uh, Clemson got their ass kicked by Notre Dame. That wasn't a good game to win. Notre Dame's looked good recently. Yeah, I mean, it's just thorn in yesterday football games. I mean, I fell asleep during the Rams game. It was so boring. <laughs> and it's just terrible football the whole weekend. May I suggest sports gambling? I'll throw a little more fire under your belly. I, don't I was, know I was watching just golf all weekend. I, was, I had six bets on golf. I had a, Just because the top 25 teams get beat, I don't know that that makes it a bad weekend. But, I mean, they were boring games. Yeah. yeah, but to me, like, it looked like the entire Midwest of America was getting hit by 30-mile-an-hour, like, wind. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ohio State, Northwestern, that was a barn burner. Just a low-scoring game because, like, you really had to, like, K- Kentucky and Missouri was a great, you had to play that wind. Like, Missouri had so about 18 seconds empty. left before they were going into the fourth quarter facing the wind, and you could tell it was like a hurry-up offense. It was so, <laughs> I was out on the golf course. And it was there was times where the the flagstick was dribbling off of the green oh. because the wind was moving it. It was and it was I played Friday too, and it was crazy windy on Friday. Uh, Golf's not a lot of fun when it's real windy. You know, when the wind's with, it's uh, you know pull that yeah, driver you, out. Yeah. But still, it's yeah. I mean, there was times where like I'm like a buck twenty out. I don't hit the my irons very far, but I'm like three clubs up, just trying to oh, still that, hit it too yeah. high and let the wind eat up on it. Too many uh, leaves for me. Yeah, boy. Lose, lose too many balls. You lose so many. You got to keep your eyes. And even if you keep your eyes on it, you know exactly where it is. It's a good chance it's under about 100 leaves. So, uh, pl- uh, And now I don't know how much golf we're going to get. Uh, Doug, you were talking about the forecast. Or Iggy, maybe you were talking about the forecast coming up, which reminds me, you know, design there. Doug, they've been out to your house, right? Oh, they absolutely have. Oh, yeah. Really, they, were, they were there just a couple weeks ago. It's going to get cold, boys. Yeah, you better get them out there this week. It's going to get cold, Iggy. Break it down for us. Well, I mean, the next few days, uh, we go into Wednesday and Thursday uh, in the 70s. Yeah. And then, boy, this weekend, uh, when you get up Saturday morning, it's going to be in the 20s. And <laughs> oh, I see a low of that, 19 degrees yeah, then the on the, Sunday. Then the next six days after that. Uh, 19? I think I'm going to take that day off. Lows the in the Sunday? teens and 20s and highs <laughs> in the 30s and 40s. So, so that's, what, that's what's to come, so you know who to call. I mean, we only got, like you said, up until Thursday, it'll be in the 70s. But until then, you go to design air, heating and cooling, Doug. Then they come out, they wear the little booties, right? Sure they do. They don't, they don't just walk on your carpet. Yeah, they put those little hospital booties on so not to track any dirt in. 100%. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, because the last thing you want this winter is your uh, dirt. Is your fur well? Is your furnace to be out? That's no good. No, don't want that. I, I remember when I first started working on the show, uh, there was a situation where my 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 family home, my parents' home, the uh, furnace went out, and uh, it was going to be about negative five that evening. Oh. And so my parents were looking at a hotel for the night. Yeah. And I was at the time living at the home. And so I was like, I don't want to sleep at a hotel tonight. 
So we got in contact with Seth Goldcamp. They were out there. They took, they saved the day. Oh, did they really? That day, they took care of my parents' house so that the furnace would be okay. And it, could, it was probably the busiest day of the year for them. Nice. So shout out to Seth Goldcamp. That was a couple of years ago, but that was outstanding work. And that's exactly what you can get over Design Air Heating and Cooling. Uh, I was a Mizzou fan alumni. How could you not be excited and disappointed with where we're at? Disappointed because if we had a QB, you'd probably at worst have two losses. So it excites me thinking Drake can get a QB somehow and move forward. Just my optimism, I guess, as a Mizzou fan's from B Money. Well, it, it's great to be optimistic. You have to be realistic too. Yeah. And see that they're just in the big big picture. They're just not very good. They yeah. just aren't. And get this, next year you are banking on Sam Horn. Granted, I think Cook is only a junior, correct? Or yeah. it's, a, it's redshirt sophomore, sophomore this year. It's the third year, yeah. So technically you could have two more years of Brady Cook if you yeah. can't find you have to find his replacement. It's not would be surprised if Brady Cook actually I'd be shocked if he started, but like Sam Horn, this is a talk about Dylan Carlson-sized pressure <laughs> on a dude that has hardly has not played at all at Missouri. Nope. You're basically saying this entire football program, Eli's job, all these recruits that are about to transfer at a below five. That that is on you, bud. You are 19 years old, and I need you to be a superstar. Like that. That's just that. that do those ever work out? I, I don't I, know. I, I just I just can't see Sam Horn living up to these ungodly expectations. Brady Cook is that bad. If Brady Cook went into the portal. <laughs> would he be picked up by a top seventy-five team? Oh no! Like he, if you wanted to play, know, oh, there's probably I think... somebody out there. He's better in the top seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. He would, Kansas. He'd probably, yeah, I don't know how many places he would come in and be immediately the starter, but. Yeah, you could go to Iowa right now and be the starter. I could probably tell you that. <laughs> he could probably start at Iowa. Well, yeah, Connor Bazelak, we weren't high on him. He went to Indiana and immediately became the starter there. Right. Yeah. And they took down Iowa as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they well, how good is Indiana? Yeah. They might be a top seven. I, I just think we have to tap the brakes a little on Sam Horn. Because well, I, we can't. I mean, did we really know how great he is? We, we've been told he is. but No, but we know he, how bad Cook is. Yeah, but it, <laughs> and so apparently Horn is not good enough in practice to take the job. Well, I, right. think the, I think they're just, know that you just get clobbered. The offensive line is bad. There's a lot of things that, like, y- you can point out that are, you know, non-Brady Cook or Eli issues. I mean, the offensive line is bad. I, I wouldn't say it's Burden a lot is— It's gotten a, a lot better, the offensive line. Yeah, I wouldn't say Burden is an elite route runner if you had to to pinpoint him. I mean, you get him the, the ball, and he can do everything you, I mean, you, you ask for in space. So I think there's a lot of things to point out. But, man, Sam Horn's got to be that guy. Because this is, if they go under 500 next year and don't make a bowl, there's no way Eli can stay. They're just no, abs- he'll get another three there years is, on his contract. There is literally no way you can keep a guy for that long to have that little success. So. Uh, this is a weird text considering Tim isn't here, but you know, I'm going to read it anyways. Tim, if you ever want to sell some used clubs, please let me know, as I would love to have the opportunity to use the same clubs as the great Tim McCarthy. Oh, for heaven's sake. Same Stop goes, it. Same, but here, same goes for you, Doug. Anytime you want to sell me one of your used pairs of European boy panties, okay. just let me know. How much do you think I'll even pay, for? I'll even pay double if there happens to be a dollop of mud left on Oh! <laughs> How that's, much? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes from Butchie Boy. Oh. 
Is he listening to the show? Sure, I'd sell my Utro. Uh, Butchie Boy, uh, call in, Tim I Tim isn't guess. here, so... Right, but yeah, I, I think he more so... I think that was a, a Trojan horse just so he could ask Doug about his... Euro, I, I think European. so. It was a setup. Yeah, what's, it, what's the difference in European boy panties and the boy panties I think it's high cut side. on the hips. Higher cut. European boy panties have, have high, high cut on the hips. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably, more, probably. more like Speedos. Really? You've worn a Speedo or two. Oh, well, they were in style back when I wore them. How would that... That does amaze me, but yeah, those that's were what everybody was wearing. Everyone really? So, like, if yeah. you went to a beach in, like, let's say the mid 70s, 70s, 60s, and 70s, everyone would be there in a Speedo? Pretty much. Well, everyone was also like, in shape then. Like, no way. There's that might no have way. something to do. Not everybody, but most. Most weren't fat. Yeah. Like, the fat was like, it wasn't obese, but there were certainly some people with some. <laughs> there was a few protruding love people. handles. Oh, I, was, I was trying to think back at, at all my friends that I hung around with, and of the. You know, 50 or so, there was only one or two that were a little chubby. Really? Yeah. I will say, when I lived in Bermuda, I wore nothing but Speedos. But then I go back and look at some of the pictures. (laughs) Yeah, I've got pictures. I go back and look at some of the pictures, and a lot of people wearing Speedos. But there are also quite a few people that weren't European that had the shorts on. So I don't remember people wearing the short-style swimming suit until... Somewhat recently, like I, I guess I say recently, nineties maybe. Mm. Yeah, but these are kind of like the baggy shorts that you wear now, like the swim shorts and yeah. um, the Tommy Bahama look or whatever. There were a few guys I work with that would be on the beach and they'd be wearing those. But then the European people. Would you mind modeling a speedo today or someday soon? We do take have a heato. Take some pics and put it up on down here. Ooh, we do have a heato website. Not the money's right. Okay, say it's you have, all about someone's going to have to pay you the What if the money's not right? Why would, I, why would I just put on a pair of Speedos for no reason? Show yourself off. Now, yeah. There's be- nothing to show off. Marketing? <laughs> Hello. Nothing to show off. <laughs> yeah. I'm 65 years old. It's not like I'm Jack Lane over here. Well, get yourself in shape. Yeah, okay, I'll work on it today. Oh, you look good. <laughs> so Alex. this is another business venture that we could tap into. We can go private. Private, a, yeah. But now, we can send mid-show, picks. we can send pics and package up our game-worn yeah, we're gonna Utro. need, Utro. We're, we're gonna need right. wardrobe changes. We're so gonna like, need a little wardrobe after the closet. show, we just I don't bag it up. It. Yeah. We, we date the tag in the inside, kind of as an autograph. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. are my first segment, Utro. <laughs> <laughs> just roll them up tight, keep that sweat and all that mm-hmm. the musk in there, and vacuum seal it and send it off to Bill over there in Crystal City or oh. whatever, and make Bill fifty bucks. Doug, I would like to position myself beneath your Speedo and catch the drippings from your warm grundle oven. Okay, that's enough. Who was that? That was Shrewsbury Seat Sniffer. Shrewsbury Seat Sniffer just got himself suspended. He took it a step too far. Shrewsbury SS. You've been suspended a period of two days' time, and your name, as we speak, is going into the suspension logule. No, I don't imagine it does feel very good. No. Uh, No, I do remember. I was talking about Speedos. Seat Sniffer. And maybe that's kind of (laughs) why... Where I got the, uh, okay. you know, exhibitionist in me. Uh, what? When I got to when I got to Hedo, and then I got naked, and I said, "God, this is I like this." But there, everybody's wearing speedos in Bermuda. But if I would walk the beach, and there'd be, I see like you know six or seven girls in a little group there. I would take the speedo and I'd pull it up the crack of my ass to give me almost like a thong. Why? <laughs> and I'd walk by so they could see my ass, and it's like. That's kind of freeing. They're looking at my bare ass. Freeing? So you would describe oh. yourself as an exhibitionist? Uh, no, not now. But then it was kind of freeing to do that. And then when you're at Hedo, I mean, everybody's new. And did you think one of them was going to whistle at you or say, <laughs> howdy boy, new in town, something like that? <laughs> worked a few times. 
Really? Oh, I'd really love to go hoe chasing tonight. <laughs> it, did, it did work for you, you say. Well, you walk by him, and then, you know, after a few times, you go. You kept walking back and forth. No, not, but I was at I was at a beach where you did a lot of snorkeling. It wasn't like Horseshoe Bay where everybody just lays out. Church Bay was more snorkeling. And so I'd have my snorkel mask and I'd pull my <laughs> pull my speedo up into my ass and walk by and go snorkeling. Hello. That's disgusting. <laughs> and then after a couple of times, you know, the girls say, Is there a lot of fish out there? Oh yeah, if you go right out here, there's a lot of parrot fish and Oh, really? And then I started chatting up, and the next thing you know, you're at the touch that night, banging. At the touch? <laughs> the touch. No, now, what's that? Touch nightclub. Inside the inside the Southampton Princess. It's gotta be the worst name for a inside the Southampton. It's the creepiest name I've ever heard. Southampton Princess, and it's uh, called the Touch. The Touch. All Uh, because you hiked up your speedo. It could Uh, be. Just saw a nice little white American ass. Oh, Butchie Boy! Fine. He sent in the clarifying text to clarify the European cut will expose some of them wispy pubes that tend to puff out of the groin popper. It's kind of like a precursor to getting a face full of a bush later on. Oh, uh, Butchie Boy back. Uh, what the hell am I listening to? That's from Conclusion of the Stripper. This is the Ryan Kelly morning after Monkenass. Yeah, hour. exactly what it is. Yeah, you well, if you're listening, party. you know what you're talking about. Damn right. Uh, did any families on the beach farm their daughters out to Ken after seeing that boy butt? That's from Long Balls. Look at those cheeks. Please take my daughter. <laughs> Put that on. <laughs> take her for like a dolphin tour. See, but I would do. I would pull my speed up. There were some guys who just had thongs. I had a guy that worked at the front desk, um, German guy, and he was dating another German who Klaus worked in one of the restaurants. Hans. I think his name was Klaus. Klaus and Hans. <laughs> um, about the only names they have. And I see her walk down the beach, and she's got a thong on. Sure she does. <clears throat> but then he comes following her, and he's got a thong on. Oh, like, every thongs are plenty. My God, it's one thing to like pull your speedo up just to show off a little, but this guy had a real thong on. It's like a woman's thong he's wearing. I didn't look at him the same way ever again. How could you? When I saw him at the front desk, I'm like, yeah, God. Did you see him at Touch? <laughs> well, I'm sure he's there at some point. Mm-hmm. Everybody went to the Touch. Uh, morning, Dougie. <laughs> it's getting a little cold out here in the parking lot on my dirt bike. I was wondering if after segment one I could pop inside and <laughs> sit beneath the, thy bo- butt spigot. No! <laughs> Get a ah! warm rush of mud. Okay. So about my boiler. That's enough. Tommy Trivens. Who is that? It's from Will Tommy Trivens. Tommy Trivens. <laughs> he, too, has been suspended. I'm putting his name right now into the suspension logule. That ought to fix him. His parents won't like it. Tommy Trivens. How do you spell that? Uh, it, uh, T-R-I-B-I-N-E-N? Two M's in Tommy. Is that a logule? It looks like a piece of paper. It is it? a logule. Yeah, I see it. Uh, great. Now I have to show my bare ass on the TikTok. That's from Colky Culkin, a.k.a. KG in O-Town, a.k.a. D'Angelo Hopkins. So now I guess he's going to make a TikTok of him hiking a, a Speedo up. <laughs> is that going to get banned by TikTok if he shows his bare ass? I don't think so. Not if he got a Speedo on. Right. And any because it'll little, be so hot. Any kind of little fabric going up there, you're fine. Uh <laughs> Ask if, uh, hmm. Ask if it was the touch or more likely touche. Is he mispronouncing it it's from the three and four? No, it was the touch nightclub. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Why don't you Google it? I doubt they've probably renamed it inside. <laughs> or this. it's been closed. Yeah, well, they probably. Re- now I'm sure there's a nightclub still in Southie Southampton Princess, but they probably renamed it. To, you know, this really is a stupid name. Mm. There's 215 people watching us on YouTube, though. Someone's, the touch. Someone says, Jackson, please lean into your camera a little more so I can tenderly kiss that forehead. Okay, that's plenty. I look like an absolute ghost on the, on the YouTube. I look see-through. <laughs> God, am I pale. 
Uh, like how, how does someone get hour. more sun? Like, how can I safely get uh, more sun? Are you out? You're outside enough. Right? I played golf play three golf? days this week. Do you put heavy sunblock on? No, not 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 heavy. And you still don't get any Just color. None. Spray I lived in tan, Florida baby. for a year, and I was barely more tan. Barely. Really? Barely. That picture up there that you see of me where I look kind of tanned was yep. doctored. Was it doctored really? by a friend of mine. Uh, I once well, went butt snorkeling with Doug in the Ozarks while he's wearing a thong, Mr. Slave. That's not true. <laughs> I, I just I want to get a little bit, and come wintertime, I'm going to get more pale. I don't. I, I've never been able to stay. T- I, well, I go that's from, you. So you just got to deal with it, right. live with it. I want your beautiful skin. Yeah, you have what? great skin. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of comment is that towards me? Uh, but Mr. Licks is involved, and he is texting often. It's official. Maddie Dreads doesn't exist. I think Plowsy created him in his mind a while ago, and the lie just continued to snowball. No, and then we- reached a boiling point when talk began of having him on for a guest for Pepper and Genie. Now watch Plowsy continue to delay the interview, saying this mysterious person has just been really busy, while Plowsy anxiously hopes people eventually forget and stop asking about it. Pepper doesn't fall far from the Genie tree. That's what Mr. Licks. I mean, how many porn producers get up at 8 a.m. to talk to... A, a podcast called Pepper and Genie. So, mm. like, I mean, zero at the bottom. Yeah. 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 So like, he said, no. To, he turned you down, did he? No. He, he said he'd let me know when he wakes up, and it's not till like two in the afternoon our time. Right. He's like noon, noon Vegas there, time. Vegas. Yeah. So, so I mean, I would just have to. So he I wasn't mean, on Friday. No. So I mean, I would have to like come back, set it up, and do like one at like two or two thirty. Yeah. Iggy, would you be open to doing that for Maddie Dreads? What's that? Coming back here around you know, two. <laughs> you did, well, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> two or two thirty in the afternoon to record Pepper and Genie. Uh, yeah. There. Uh, Tim, if see if I answer like that on Bloom Parade, Tim would say, "High pitched voice <laughs> is sometimes a tell that you don't really want to come." Iggy lives close enough to where I believe he'd even oh, I'm, come. I'm in. three minutes away, so I right no doing now, it. if it was like a fifteen minute drive, uh, probably not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on! Even I would have to. I go, just uh, I join over the phone. I just call in. He doesn't have to get up at 8 a.m. Call him literally any other time and record it, you moron. That's well, don't oh, tell us what to do. Yeah, don't tell us. Not what, us. Do you Seriously. think I have, like, a, a soundproof studio in my apartment? You should. Does it, it have to be soundproof? How, how am I going to talk to him and record it and then put it on a podcast? Do people know. know how audio works, no. like, in terms of podcasts and how you actually have to record it? Apparently not. And according I, to these you people, can't they just don't record listen. it on an iPhone and just pop it in. And, and just that's it. Like that's not how it works. When when you're on a a phone call on your iPhone, is there a way to record the whole thing? Uh, I mean, I'm there's, sure there's probably like is. An app probably or something that you can do. Yeah, I'm sure you can. But in terms of quality of sound, how's that going to sound? Yeah, probably uh, not bad. Good. It would awful. sound bad. Just right. awful. Um, but it's it's asking an awful lot for a couple guys to drive back 15 minutes and, and cut something and hey, drive back. Well, it is for a show we're not getting paid for. That has no sponsors and nobody listens to. Okay, yes. easy, uh, angry. Way look, too don't much. hype us up too much, Iggy. But I have a 25-minute commute. Oh, that's right. Each way. So if you're talking for me to, yeah, it would be a battle. Right. It, it's something that I would do just fine. But I'm also kind of with Iggy as well. Yeah. We've given enough samples to sponsors. 
right. They, they don't, don't like it. it. They don't like it now. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. Nothing's that. changing. Um, well, so I mean, I, I don't want to tease too early, but if Nomad dresses it, what's going to be the Pepper and Genie topic for this? Well, we always Monday? find so Iggy lately has come up with some really good topics. dynamic. Topics. Does he really? Dynamic yes. is the word I. Would and I thought, what topic? was the one? On, I don't remember him. Uh, the one on Friday was really good. Was it grocery store habit? <laughs> Was that the oh. one on Friday? I remember one. You told me mm-hmm. one time after balloon party, Tim and I walk in here and we asked Plowsy what you talked about in Pepperoncini. He goes, "Strategies for grocery shopping." <laughs> yeah, strategies. I don't know if that was like you Friday need a game or plan not. To go buy some green beans. <laughs> yeah, I think I just threw it out there. I, I said, think it was. How do you have a list? They're just kind of going nilly willy, and I need two things, but I'm just going to browse. <laughs> you know, like Friday, I may have pork shops. You know, just kind of look through the meats. Or do you have a list? And, Doug, we went 17 minutes with this one. Oh, did you? Well, the the big rule is never go hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Plowsy, probably another rule is don't go stoned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I disagree. You're going to thank yourself the next time you get stoned. Get out of that chip aisle. It's full. (laughs) Probably the same thing as going hungry. I will say, if I go grocery shopping, and I I never make a list, I always forget at least one thing. Like, I forget something I like. And it's mostly, like... Paper towels or something simple yeah. like that. But I do always forget, so maybe a strategy is better. I well, it is easy to make a list now in your notes section. Of your, on your oh, phone. You just say right. it. You don't even have to write it down. Just <laughs> say it into the notes. And What Madison and I will do is we look responsible when you walk into our kitchen to see this huge list. Of, oh, but we forget check, the list. Check. <laughs> leave the list at home. <laughs> we leave like the list hanging out. That's why you got to do it on your phone because one thing you will never forget is your phone. Exactly. Yeah. Alan Dadeville bringing just <laughs> bringing some gravity to this because uh, he knows about what you guys talked about. No, Friday, you guys talked about roadkill. It was an all time. <laughs> oh, from Alan Dadeville. Yeah. You guys, oh, yeah. You guys spent your podcast talking about roadkill? Yeah, it was, it was just something I was enamored by that it seems like every dead animal is always off on the side of the road. Uh, is somebody like pulling it off the side of the road and leaving it there? Why don't you just put it in the car and get rid of it? Put it in the car? Well, the truck. I mean, I'm sure somebody says that, hey, there's a dead deer in the middle of the road. All right. Well, you got to call somebody to come get it. They just come get it, throw it in the side, and then leave? I put think, it in your truck? I think at times the, the police might drag it to the side of the road and waiting for the truck that comes and picks that stuff up. All right. I was talking about a deer that has been there so long, all that's left is a little pelt of fur. Oh! They've eaten the head, the hooves, everything. I saw once a policeman stop his car and drag a deer off the road oh, that's a, to the side, to the, uh, you know, a tough to the shoulder of the road, and then a, a truck comes by later. I get it, a big animal. I would say I, I missed that one. I didn't see it. Yeah, I but I, but I asked Plowsy, and Plowsy came up with a good answer that I didn't think of. I said, not just deer. I said... On the side of the road, you see a possum, you see raccoons, you see them all just on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're not calling a cop because there's a smashed raccoon in the middle of the road, but it always ends up on the side of the road. And Plowsy said probably because a bird is not going to stand in the middle of the highway and eat it. They grab it and pull it off to the side, and that's where but they Can a it. bird pull a raccoon off to the side? They can pull a deer, though. They a can hawk can. I don't oh, know. Oh, a hawk could easily pull a raccoon. And there's some of them who probably get hit by the car, and, and they are thrown— hurled to the side of the road and then there's others where the police come and trying to avoid a, a future car wreck drags the animal to the how side do you, how do you hurl a <laughs> raccoon across in the right and then it happens to land right on the side of the road well that that's why it's more likely that the police have done that yeah i would think that someone either the person who hit it or like in a situation of a deer like if you hit a deer it's not like oh i just hit a deer let me keep driving like your car is most likely Going to be damaged. We did. I hit a de- my son Greg hit a deer once, and we kept driving. Really? I told you <laughs> like that story, straight right? on. Yeah, no, so. it was like the second time he'd ever driven on the highway. He was like 15 and a half, about to go. He had his permit, about to go test for his driver's license, 
and it's getting dark, and he's saying, I need to practice driving on the highway because I'm going to take my driver's test like next week. And this is before tags, of course. This is before... Yes, he, he hadn't, hadn't advanced that far. <laughs> so he's we're, we're going uh, south on 55, and then we got to go north on 270. We're right at that ramp, the 55-270 ramp, kind of close to South County Mall, and sure. it's getting dark. And he's going maybe... 55, 60 miles an hour on that ramp because we're about to merge. And just then, a deer came out of nowhere right in front of the car. Oh. Out of nowhere. Jeez. Thankfully, it, it happened so fast, he didn't even have time to swerve or we right. might have rolled and both been killed. Instead, the deer moved just slightly and it wiped out the whole side of the car. Hooves were flying in the window <laughs> and everything. And he started screaming. He was saying, F, <laughs> F. And then... <laughs> Although he didn't really say F. And then we thought, what, what do you do now? Do you stop? Do you check out the deer? There's a car behind us going 60 miles an hour. What do, right, you, do? What do you do? We just keep going. Yeah, you have to. It's a hit and run. Yeah. And then about a mile down, he said, I'm sorry for my language. And I said, no, that's exactly what you're supposed to say when you hit a deer at 55 miles an hour. Yeah. It's, just, it's a reflex act. 100%. You know, I was, uh, I don't know if I've ever told a story on there. Uh, when we were still at KFNS, uh, I left KFNS. It was probably like October uh, we were. I left for the day. It was probably one o'clock. So I'm driving down Manchester, like no less than a thousand feet from the station, yeah. um, going east, west. I was going a direction, and uh, one of the four directions. Right, I was going one of the four. I was heading towards Brentwood Boulevard uh, be, from the station. That'd be east. East. So uh, I see peeking out of the. I mean, it's one o'clock on Manchester. It couldn't be more populated on the street, and I see a deer start to creep out from one of the subdivisions right there. And I'm like, this kid only go poorly. He's probably 500 feet in front of me. He runs into the middle of the road. I'm like, oh my oh, God. Oh, Manchester. Yeah, I'm like, this is gonna, someone's yeah. gonna get their car destroyed and this deer's gonna be super dead. And I'm kind of just watching it all happen in real time. And then the deer makes a direct left turn coming towards my car. So oh. you gotta be kidding me. You gotta, I don't swerve. I just keep driving. I don't slow down. I keep going. It, I see it face to face with it on the passenger or the driver's side of my door and it nicks my car like his hoof hit my side of the door oh. and it kept going and I think it lived I think it just ran down Manchester and went to another subdivision so a deer ran in the middle of Manchester at like the busiest time of the day and somehow survived. survived that's like the deer Olympics right there and that same deer if he's in the woods will hear you step on a that's twig from I'm a saying. thousand feet away and, and run away in fear but will at the same time run right in front of a, a Mack truck <laughs> yeah. on Highway 70. A two-ton death machine, yeah. no fear. But yeah, if I it step makes on no a twig in the woods, it's running away. Obviously, they have hearing. Right, exactly. I don't get so, it. The so car why, lights, man. At least in the night. I don't know about in the day. Just... They just want to run right into car lights? Yeah. See, but don't they hear that noise? Genie turned into a whole segment here. Dude, the last deer I hit was in Canton with my Jeep, and I... I mean, it, this was killed immediately. I'm going about 70. I mean, it was, it was the speed limit was 65. But, like, I swerve when I have a deer directly in front of me. I swerve a little bit just so it can, like, slide off my car instead of having my airbag go off. Cause to me, like, there's nothing worse than, like, I, I think airbags, for me, it's they'd be worse of an experience of what actually did happen when you hit him on the side and he goes through the side of the car. Yeah. Once the airbag goes, you're, you're, you're now not in control of this vehicle. Right. You are now going into a culvert, into a steep ditch, all because of this deer. So I swerved, and he ended up, like, I mean, it broke his neck, but, like, his foot, his hoof got caught in my Jeep door. It, like, went oh. pierced through that metal. 
and obviously it broke off. I mean, yeah. with the momentum. So I stop and make I check out like my Jeep, and there's just this leg just sticking out. Oh, it hook. came off. Yeah. Oh. I used to work with a guy at Channel 4 who had one of those little Mazda Miata sports cars. Oh, Remember yeah. those? Tiny little cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he hit, it was a convertible. He had the roof down. <laughs> and he was driving through the woods, hit a deer head on, and the deer, like, somersaulted over the windshield, <laughs> over him. It was in the back seat for a while. He had fur all over the car. <laughs> oh, man. It just destroyed the automobile. Uh, damn it. This is some booty radio. It's from Glumpy Triple X. Before you say anything more. away and the kids will play. This sounds like Pepper and Genie has infiltrated TMA. It's from Big Sur. Fun topic, though, Roadkill, sure. right? Yeah. You, you no, didn't I, think you'd have this much fun talking about it. It's a lovely discussion. Uh, yeah. We'll continue that discussion on the other side of the break. Of course, we have Gabe DeArmond, presented by James Carlton, coming up at 9 o'clock. The design there, he and Cooling, email a day. I believe... Uh, either Randy and Carrie will take uh, balloon parties today, or uh, BK and Ferrari will start early. I'm not sure. Uh, I will not be doing it solo for those who have asked, uh, because, of course, that would be awful. Oh. Um, so that will be that. But uh, coming up on the other side of the break, I mean, the Astros win the World Series. Uh, we got local local hoops teams tipping it up tonight. Uh, a weekend, uh, a memorable weekend in college football. All coming up next. That's going to close out the Munganass 7 o'clock hour. We'll be back with the appliance discounters 8 o'clock hour on the other side of the commercial break. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After.